This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, that's Mo Pawn. Yeah. yeah. And with me as always is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly. Bow, 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 Number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. Mo. Oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, we're oh back on No Budget Nightmares. Oh I peaked so hard doing that. <laughs> uh, Just well, cut that out. No, we're not going to cut it out. We're going to leave it in for the people to listen to. Mo, this is a return of No Budget Nightmares. We had a slight delay this time, but uh, what's unique about it, Mo, is that it was my fault this time. Yeah, sometimes. I was sick. Uh, my wife had, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Pneumonia. Pneumonia. Uh, and she still has it, in fact, uh, though she's just about over it. So there was just a, a slight delay, which is a shame, Mo, because we were trying to coincide. We were trying to sync up the release of this episode, or around the time, with the release of a recent popular superhero movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I think there was some thought in my brain in regards to it. But uh, but it didn't really work out that way. But here's the thing. We're still lucky, Mo, because people love superheroes. They can't get enough of them. So why not let the No Budget Nightmares podcast get a piece of that action and uh, cover live, a superhero movie? We live in a superhero-saturated world. Mo, are you sick of superheroes yet? Everyone is sick no. of these superheroes. You know, it's funny. Like, I, I, I've actually read several articles about, like, you know, like, superhero fatigue and like mm-hmm. people being sick of it and yada 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 i have been anxiously waiting for every single fucking superhero movie to come out since they started coming out and i don't care i'll watch all of them i love them i i like even the ones that everybody's like oh that fucking sucked i'm like eh, it was okay i didn't mind sounds like you're an enemy of cinema mo i yeah well you know i mean i did watch you know some shitty movies and you know have to talk about them on this podcast so you know maybe i think of watching the movies with the no budget nightmares <laughs> podcast is like uh it's like a system flush right it's like a full yeah, right. body flush getting the toxins out leaving behind some black gook in the toilet it's it's all about getting all of that like high budget uh super blockbuster superhero movies getting that out of your system into the waste disposal unit, and then being able to move on to your criterion collection and whatnot. Well, the best part about it, especially about doing this show, is that uh-huh. we get, you know, is that it, it really keeps you grounded. You know, like a lot of the times it's really easy to get yourself to the point. It's amazingly easy to get yourself to the point where all you want to watch are like these high polish fucking, yeah. you know, like big budget films. And you don't think about, you know, some of the better movies out there that maybe are I mean, even medium tier budgets, you know, like a like a million or two, you mm-hmm. know, 
Um funny to say that oh uh, like yeah two million dollars that's a medium budget film. <laughs> compared to the movies uh, featured on this podcast more than yeah. a medium budget <laughs> right um but yeah you know it keeps you grounded and you know and you, you you appreciate uh you appreciate the movies a little bit better when you know when you know that stuff like this exists and that you know this could be all there was and thank fucking goodness for that, that it's not the case. Because... It's actually a very interesting point you're making, Mo, which is which is particularly apt for this episode. Because we can mm. compare the movie that we're about to talk about, which is called The Amazing Bulk from the year 2012. This is what they call, Mo, a mock buster. So it is, in some ways, an imitation, a low-budget imitation of a larger-budgeted feature. In this case, yeah. it's a mock buster version of... The Incredible Hulk. Uh, I believe, it, in particular, it's trying to be an imitation of the Ang Lee one. Is that correct? I don't know. One of the Incredible Hulk know. movies. But it's it's it is intentionally trying to match some of the beats of that movie. Uh, and we well, get... this is the this is the shit that the fucking Asylum is exactly is known for. You know, like transmorphers and Ugh. yeah. Oh, the p- p- not Pacific Rim, Atlantic Rim. Atlantic, yeah, Atlantic. Right? <laughs> but now, j- just because I don't want to give a false impression before we get started, this is a mockbuster, yes, Mo, in the style of what the Asylum does with a lot of their straight to DVD and straight to VOD films. But this is a much sloppier and lower budgeted version of something like that. Yeah, I actually, there are actually a handful of those Asylum films that I really like. Sure. You know, I mean, some of them are just pure, pure dreck, but. Like there's there's two or three out there that are like, that is way better than I fucking expected. <laughs> but those films usually they have a couple of name actors in them. Yeah, they have you yeah. know they they probably cost a couple million dollars or a million dollars or a few hundred. You know, and this the amazing bulk, and we'll really get into this in just a few minutes. This is a movie that doesn't have professional actors. It kind of does, but it really doesn't. And it is using pre-rendered backgrounds for the entirety of the movie. And it was shot in something like five to six days. I mean, this is <laughs> this is, this is movie really conflicts uh, me because in some ways it really embraces exactly the spirit that we try to promote on No Budget Nightmares. Sure, but absolutely. on the other hand, it is complete fucking garbage. <laughs> and I just hate it. Like, I fucking hate it. And I don't want to watch <laughs> it or talk about it. But here we are, Mo. The Amazing Bulk from the year 2012. There's a couple of scenes in this movie where I'm like, why (laughs) like like i understand that there are some that are meant to be comedic like they're intentionally taking it too far Mm -hmm. but there's but there's like two or three moments in this movie where it's like it hadn't quite gotten to the point where where they're comedically taking it too far and you just say to yourself what the fuck is going on like why is this happening the strangest thing about this movie i think is that it's not a comedy it's not a parody it's it's not played for laughs for the most part. It's poor, and there are comedic sequences in it, but the main kind of central plot, like the lead character who turns into the amazing bulk, he's not a comedic figure, right? The no, not at he's, all. You know, in his relationships with people, they're meant to be played, you know, very very straight. So it the the tonal inconsistency here is not unexpected, but it really is weird when you're watching it, and then it just gets weirder as it goes along. Uh, so if you're just in it, in it for something that's very strange, then you probably would enjoy it. But for anyone who's right. already seen some of the uh, video clips and animated gifs that we've posted 
about the Amazing Bulk over on our Facebook group, you'll be like, what are you talking about? This is obviously a joke. Yeah, exactly. Can I can I mention something real quick before we get into the I wish proper? you would, Mo. So we both belong to uh, we belong to a group actually for another podcast on Facebook, the uh, Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, mm-hmm. and somebody posted about um, bloody muscle builder from mm-hmm. hell, and I was so taken aback by how many people had seen that and loved it, sure. and like because it you know like I'd never heard of it before you mentioned it to me, so I didn't you know. Like, I mean, I'm pretty well-versed in, you know. Poor, in, in the... dumb, irresponsible Mo. <laughs> <laughs> but Mo. I was just, you know, but that's, but that was, I just wanted to mention that real quick, how cool it is that there, that there are some of these movies that we've covered that there actually is an audience for out there and that people love them and people support them. And that's cool. And Mo, that's how, cool how quickly did I get a link to our podcast episode in there? Pretty quick. Um, a fucking immediately. <laughs> I actually did the same fucking thing because I belonged I belonged to a something weird group and somebody talked about Dracula the Dirty Old Man and within a minute I'm like check out our episode on this. <laughs> I got a like on that post from Peter Kaplowski who's a friend of mine he he programs the Midnight Madness uh section of TIFF and he was the one who uh showed Bloody Muscle Builder from Hell. I might be screwing up the title. It's it's kind of wacky. Uh, out in mm-hmm. Toronto, where I saw it for the first time. So uh, it kind of came all full circle there, Mo. That's awesome. It is awesome. That's it. That's all I really wanted to mention. Well, you know what isn't awesome, Mo? The Amazing Bulk <laughs> amazing from the year bulk, yeah. 2012. Now, Mo, I want to start this off right now with a, uh, a little bit of, of fun trivia for you, Mo. Yay! And that fun trivia is that this movie <laughs> was filmed in 2008 but was not released until 2012. I never would have guessed. It was sitting on the shelf, as they say, uh, being edited, being put together. They really had to perfect the special effects. I think that's what they were spending a lot of time <laughs> doing. <laughs> uh, and before we get into it, I think I, I already alluded to it, but let's just make something very clear. Uh, the Amazing Bulk features uh, an entire movie of actors acting against a green screen. And so all of the elements that they're acting next to are um, backgrounds that come from free stock footage websites. So, And they're all credited in the closing credits. So because of that, characters are often in odd places and they get stranger as the movie goes along where they start introducing like already stock footage elements of like uh, a leprechaun and just really strange things that come later on. But everything that you're seeing here for the most part outside of the bulk himself are things that just existed on stock footage sites, which I have to say is kind of amazing outside of the fact that it just makes you want to die when you're watching it. It's, it's a concept that had it been done better, I would have been in awe. of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think tonally, like if they embraced the the threadbare nature of it a little bit more and just went really, right. kind of, I think that would have made a huge difference. But uh, but hey, we'll talk we'll talk about some of the limitations of this approach to filmmaking uh, as we go along. Mo, the movie proper starts with a series of parody logos. Yep. So it's uh, it's basically like the Universal logo. Everyone knows, you know, uh, sing the song, the the music that plays behind the Universal logo. Mo, isn't that? I don't know. It goes dun, nah, 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 nah. Oh, right, right. sort of like that. I, you know, it's funny. I was just I was about to start singing, and then I realized that that wasn't Universal. It was 
fucking Paramount, I believe. So well, they do. I, I think they do Paramount as yeah, well. And they do. They do twenty twentieth century Fox. I, I wrote that one down. And because they have these parody logos, these these basically uh, intro uh, credit things that that are in the style of these famous ones, you're like, this is going to be a parody. It's an amazing yeah. bulk. So yeah, I'm right, right from the beginning. They're they're introducing the film as a joke, as a comedy, as a parody. I was ready for it hilarity right from the beginning, Mo. Exactly. So then, Mo, uh, after that hilarious parody intro bit, uh, we get my favorite font. <laughs> Comic Sans, Comic, Mo. Comic Sans. <laughs> right there on the screen, it says Label Productions, uh, and it leads right into a moonlit night over a very, very fake-looking city, Mo. And yeah. we see rain falling. We see a woman walking down the street. Now, I don't want to make any sort of judgment based on how she appears, Mo, but I believe she might be a prostitute. Well, my notes call her a lady of the night. A lady of the night selling herself, which is fine because sex work is real work. And come on, let's uh, let's get to 2019 here, people. So everything, exactly. as we said before, Mo, like everything that we see outside of the people in this first opening segment is computer generated. And it looks terrible. It's pretty fucking bad. I mean, it's terrible. It really is. It, it, you know, it's. I'm getting sick of the uh, complaint, and we do it on this show a lot, that something looks like a PlayStation 1 era game. And I feel like uh, when people say that about movies a lot of the time, it's really uh, discrediting to the amount of work that went into a lot of the computer-generated imagery that they're talking about. But in yeah. this case, it looks like a PlayStation 1 era game. <laughs> this, this looks like the video that you'd get on one of those little VTech kid toys. Okay. You know, like, so VTech had this video game system and I can't remember what it's fucking called, but the, yeah, it, it looks like that. It's pretty fucking bad. It's bad, but it will be consistently bad throughout the movie. So let's not harp on it too much. This woman, she, yeah, uh, we're going to be harping on it through the rest of the fucking movie. So. She ducks into an alleyway, Mo. Uh, I don't know why, uh, but she does. And then she she stops to light up a cigarette, and some guy, he comes by and offers her a light. And then what does he do, Mo? Need a light? Yeah. Oh. Suck on this instead. He's talking about his gun. Come on. Don't act like you've never done it before. Yeah, he's talking about his gun that he pulls <laughs> on her, Mo. And she's very upset about it, as as anyone would be under the circumstances. And mm-hmm. it looks like he is going to do something untoward, something offensive. But right before he does, a giant purple monster appears, Mo. Yes. Mo, this character, <laughs> this giant purple creature, is the Amazing Bulk. Now, for those listeners who have never seen the Amazing Bulk, describe what he looks like. <laughs> you know what he you know what he actually looks like? He looks like an irradiated California raisin. Okay, I could see that. You know, like somebody heard it through the grapevine that radium was for sale and they just started eating it and they grew to immense sizes with a giant fucking gut. Uh <laughs> it's 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 bad. And it it moves very stiffly, I would say. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. I would say first off, the only time you ever really see it doing anything is when it's running, mm-hmm. and, and and it's either running towards the screen or it's running away from the screen. That's pretty much all you ever see. Mo, I'm just gonna, um, I'm just going to say something quickly, which is a look. <clears throat> listeners of the show know me. I'm Doug, um, number one super guy. I'm not a smart man. 
I don't know how <laughs> things work. I ju- the whole world confuses me. I'm just going to yeah. put it out there. I guarantee you I can make a more convincing creature in computer-generated images. Like, I can do it. I'm sure I could figure out a way with my meager talents to make a better-looking creature in a movie than we have here in this movie. Yeah, like, they don't, I mean, like, look, I understand that there's, like, the joke that the Hulk loses all of its clothes when it rages out, ah, but... Great joke. Like, yeah, oh, that's great. But, <laughs> like, at least the Hulk gets pants, you know? Like, this, 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 this creature does not have pants, Mo. It does not have any visible genitalia. Yeah, well, he probably just has an innie, you know? Like, guys get really sensitive about that sort of thing. Hey, it looked cold on those city streets. (laughs) It looked very... I mean, it was wet, you know? Shrinkage. So, Mo, what happens here... uh, Now, this is the Amazing Bulk, obviously a superhero, so he's here to save this woman. So, as soon as he appears, this criminal guy... He shoots her in the fucking head! He shoots this woman (laughs) in the head... Then and the funny and the funny thing is I don't think he planned on shooting her in the head, but the bulk fucking scared him, and he did. I mean, it happens to all of us. Sometimes we get scared, we get startled, I mean, how, and just how, go off. I mean, honestly, how many times? How many times have you pulled a gun on a hooker? Oh my and, goodness! You know, and and a, a giant purple creature shows up and scares you, and you accidentally shoot. Mo him, lives in Florida. It um, so yeah. then <laughs> this guy, the guy who shoots the woman, he just looks at the screen and starts screaming for some reason. And then we see the creature run off, Mo, and that's the entire opening sequence. Sure is. Sure is, but we'll come back to this sequence. We'll revisit it a little bit later. little teaser at the beginning, just like uh, in that Dead Hunt movie we did recently. <laughs> just like yes. it. So then, Just like Then it. we get the full opening credits, Mo, and as I mentioned before, uh, the entire credits is written in Comic Sans. I also love the fact that they really desperately try to get their money's worth every time they have bulk on the screen, because every time they have him running, it's ridiculously long. Yes. Oh, boy. You know? Yeah. And it start and it starts right here at the beginning, because when he runs off, it's like a good solid 30, 35 seconds of him running. And it's like, what the fuck? So I anyway. Do you want to mention, so most of the music in this movie is kind of stock music. I do think that the music that plays over the opening credits is pretty good superhero mu- music. It's very much just a kind of a montage of images like a microscope and a periodic table and DNA. But that's exactly, you know, the thing that you would sort of expect in the opening credits of a movie like this. Um, yeah. And I do want to talk about the director, Mo. The director is a oh, guy yes, please. named Louis. Yes, let's let's talk about the director. The director is Louis Schoenbrunn. Um, and if you go to his IMDb page, uh, it will tell you that he is a big fan, Mo, of Stanley Kubrick, the legendary director. I, I mean, I could tell he was clearly influential. Now, you joke, Mo. I hear you joking. Yeah, I'm there, jesting. There are visual references to the films of Stanley Kubrick in this movie. And I'm not joking. There are yeah, it's, several no, of it's, them. It's, no, it's true. You can tell that all of the lighting on the film was done by Candle, just like in Barry Lyndon. <laughs> no, there are, there are uh, sequences that, that pay tribute to Stanley Kubrick, and we will point those out. But um, imagine Stanley Kubrick watching this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. I, if I remember correctly, Stanley Kubrick enjoyed a lot of kind of rougher, uh, what you might call lower cinema, but uh, just the idea of Kubrick watching the amazing bulk and appreciating Louis Schoenbrunn's <laughs> tribute to him. 
Um, <laughs> Lewis is actually a pretty experienced editor. I think that's what he's best known for. Uh, a lot of, of um, genre work. Uh, you might know Aliens versus Avatars, which I think he directed as well. Uh, Queen Cobra Mo, Slaughterhouse mm. Five, Death Sisters, Doctor wow. Chopper, and I guess he started back in '95 with a short film called The Golem. But this is Lewis Schoenbrunn's Mo. He decided he's going to take his editing experience, turn it into a feature film. This is what he ended up with. Cool. Well, we go right from the close. Uh, the close. <clears throat> Mo, we go. Oh right my god! From- can we please go right to the closing credits? <laughs> Well, we go right from the opening credits to uh, the dead woman and crook that we just saw killed. Well, we didn't see the crook killed, but we guessed that he was. Uh, And we see that there's purple blood on the ground. And we have some police officers looking at it, Mo. They say they've never seen purple blood before. Well, obviously, they've never shot. Oh, God, I'll shut up now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shut up, Mo. (laughs) Obviously, they've never shot a Vulcan before. That's why you never talk on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they found a wallet, uh, and it's definitely not the uh, belonging. Your turn. They found a (laughs) wallet. They found a wallet on the ground, and it did not belong to the criminal. Uh, so they have a lead. They it's going to lead them to somebody, but we don't know who they are at this point. I just want to mention that the yeah, we do. They say the wallet's for a man named Henry Howard. Yeah, Henry Howard, but we don't know who that we is. We don't know who that is. Who the hell is that? Is what I have in my notes. Who the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, they even say that. I think the other one says uh, other cop says beats me, but I bet we'll find out soon enough. And I just want to say right at the beginning, the acting between these two cops, and we'll have a little bit of it later is wretched like it's unbelievably terrible well i mean honestly let's face facts the acting from well all of the cast from pillar to post mo yeah it's pretty fucking bad i feel like most of it there's some that's at least kind of like overdone so kind of funny but like there's a villain character who is useless um we'll talk about that yeah, he's funny, but every yeah, mostly it's pretty shit. So the film then does a flashback mo to one day earlier, um, and we see one a, whole day. Mm-hmm, we see a plane, a plane taking off. We uh, we go to a lab mo, a very odd looking lab. Again, this is all <laughs> computer generated imagery in the background, and we meet the character of Hank mo, and he's working on a serum. What's what's he working on here, mo? It's a serum to sort of uh, rejuvenate the body to help it repair itself, that yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's been hired by uh, the military, basically. General Darwin yes. uh, has... A uh, super soldier serum, so bas- to speak. Basically, he's making a super soldier serum, uh, not using any gamma rays, unfortunately. That probably would have sped mm-hmm. up the process. Uh, so this is Hank. He is going to be our main character. He's there with his friend Sam, who's his wise cracking buddy who also works at the lab, who will really not do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame because I, I actually like Sam. Uh, and we are uh, told that uh, Hank's girlfriend is named Hannah and that her father is General Darwin. So this what is. What about her sisters? Ha ha. Oh, boy. Jeez. Ah, uh, jeez. Oh. oh. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, enough of this lollygagging. I married my adopted daughter. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm an old perv. Hmm. Let's play some jazz music. Um, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> they, we're taking a real stand here. They, I Woody know, Allen. right? Uh, don't let John Cross here. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, Hannah is described, by the way, as the girl with the great personality and the assets to match. 
Ba-boom. Sam suggests to Hank that he should marry her. uh, And Hank says that he is going to ask Hannah to marry him. But she want, he wants to get permission from her father first, and he's a little concerned about that because the general, General Darwin, is, has not been very happy about their lack of progress in this super serum. Right. Yeah, because it's only been uh, four years. I guess it's taken a little while, right? But considering yeah. how long it took them to get this movie out, it doesn't seem that long. <laughs> <laughs> well, the editing process takes a lot long, but lot, lot, lot longer than making a super soldier serum. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, well, let's hear what they have to say for uh, themselves. We're dabbling in God's backyard. Damn it, I'm sick of failure. <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was a rat exploding, by the way. So they're, they've been testing their serum on these rats, and uh, often they explode into this kind of colored mist. In that case, it was kind of a blue and purple cloud. It was not a violent explosion or anything like that. It's just a CG rat turning into mist. I would have loved it if it would just been like a tiny little fucking nuclear blast. <laughs> they should have. You see, Mo, this is why they need your creative energy on projects like you. this. So Hannah then arrives. Uh, she, uh, Her and Hank uh, share a kiss. She tries to cheer him up, and then she says she's going to take him out to lunch. Uh, and Sam's really happy about that. He says, when he's gone, I get to goof off. And I have to imagine that General Darwin would not want to have heard that. Right. So, yeah, they end up leaving, and... <laughs> uh-huh. Them, them driving in the fake car is... I, I, it's indescribable it's, how fucking stupid it it's is. It's indescribable, Mo, but I'll do you one better. Them running romantically through a field. <laughs> so let me explain to you, listeners, how they uh, accomplish the startling special effect of people running through a field when the field does not exist. Well, in this case, they just have the actors run in place and move the field around them. Brilliant! So any anybody <laughs> any anybody here who's lucky enough to be part of our Discord server, which by the way, if you're not, you should definitely definitely join up because a lot of the times you get nice little uh, you know uh, treats in regards to the next movie we're going to be watching. But um, <laughs> Doug posted like it wasn't this particular scene, but Doug uh-huh. posted uh, a couple of shots of the cops running. And that'll give you a really good idea of what this looks like. It's it's bad. It's it's bad, but I think they thought they were getting away with it when they were making the movie. I honestly think that because it's not bad in a way that's winky or uh, that is jokey in any way. It's just them right. running. Like this particular scene, there's nothing, aside from how it looks, there's nothing comedic going on. It's just a guy and his girlfriend running through a field and, you know, and having lunch and going to a gazebo together. Yeah. So they talk about having children. Uh, she asks if he still wants them, but she says that she's not pregnant. Uh, and she, she's actually a little disappointed in what his reaction to that was. But he's basically just upset because he doesn't think the time is right. Uh, but he goes, when the time will be right, you'll have a dozen children, which I'm sure every woman loves to hear. <laughs> Some do. He, uh, he's, I think he's really concerned about Hannah and how she thinks of him and that she's right. been waiting so long. And he goes, I'll make you the happiest woman in the world. Just don't give up on me. See, Mo, I've caught the acting bug. I've caught the acting bug since we both worked with Freeman Williams in that scene. (laughs) (laughs) I I was very moved by your portrayal. (laughs) 
Get this man an Oscar. Just don't give up on me. <laughs> oh, I see you went to the Charlton Heston School of Acting. <laughs> so Hank then arrives back at the lab. Um, uh, Sam talks about the... They talk together, I guess, about whether uh, Hannah asked about him having children again. He says that he thinks he might finally be ready. He's going to ask her father tonight before dinner for her hand for permission to ask her to marry him. Mm-hmm. So we then get, Mo, a montage of science. <laughs> yup. And I like the fact that we get a uh, we get a good look into exactly how many times they've failed this experiment. Um, I also love the fact that they never show, understandably so, that they don't show this, but uh, that they never really show them working on the serum. They just kind of <laughs> like, have a new serum and let's try it out. So what what what's the name they gave the 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 rats? It's like Tony. It's Billy. Billy, right? Yeah. Thank you. So now they're 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 gonna try out uh, their serum on Billy number two hundred and thirty seven. Yeah. So they're working on Billy two thirty seven. We get a montage of beakers and syringes. Uh, right. Just kind of science in general. By the way, not only are the background elements in these lab sequences computer generated, so are some of the foreground elements. For the most part, they're not working with anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they uh, this all leads to them eventually injecting another rat, and it explodes again. This makes Hank very upset, Mo, and it sounds like this. Don't, don't count backwards from ten. Just don't lose it, man. No more failures! <laughs> Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. Did you seriously put the whole three, countdown? I put the whole countdown in, Mom. <laughs> One. So, wow. so here's the thing about that particular bit. So I thought that they were setting up that Hank has a really bad temper and he has trouble calming down, right? So that kind of plays into... Uh, him turning into the bulk and, you know, sort of as a uh, a reference to how the Incredible Hulk is based on this kind of lack of control of emotions. But this never yeah, no, this never no. comes up again, really, at all. Not at all. Not at all. I also want to uh, point out, Mo, that the sound in this movie is very inconsistent. Uh, yeah, we were talking about that before we started recording because I was playing some of the clips back and I'm like, fuck me. Like, some of them I got to turn up, some of them I got to turn down. It doesn't matter. If we got soft clips, we've got soft clips. I'm not fucking bothered with it. But, yeah, it's very inconsistent. But even aside from the volume, it's also the sound quality is very inconsistent. You can hear a lot of echoing going on in those uh, lab sequences. It's just kind of poor audio generally. And it's just like, dude, all you had to buy for this entire movie was the green screen and the microphone. Right, exactly. (laughs) You're probably renting the camera or borrowing it. So later that night, Mo, Hank arrives with some flowers at a giant CG mansion. (laughs) (laughs) And as he waits for Hannah to answer the door, he's practicing asking General Darwin if he can marry his daughter. Now, here's what I was expecting to happen. I was because they kept showing Hannah walking towards the door. As you had mentioned, you know, we see Hank and he's practicing sure. uh, about asking for for Hannah's hand in marriage and Anna st- starts walking towards the door and I was almost certain that he was going to fucking blow it um you know because she was going to open the door right as he's saying oh will you marry you know what you know can I have her hand in marriage sure, of Whatever. course it, it seemed like it was setting up to that and it just doesn't no. like she just answers the door yeah she answers it and kisses him and he goes I hope that's not how you greet the mailman 
Right? <laughs> Goofball. So he goes inside Mo and he puts his flowers in some. Oh, she, actually, she takes the flowers and puts them in some water. And he says that he wants to talk to her father. And this is the first time that the movie reminded me <laughs> of the old video game Mist. Because as he's right. walking through, it's just like <laughs> these still images moving around. Uh, but this right. this is our first encounter, Mo, with uh, General Darwin. Uh, now, how would you describe this gentleman? <laughs> I I actually have notes to describe this. Please, person. my notes say General Darwin looks like a middle aged dad wearing a camo hat, and he acts exactly like that description would suggest yeah. he would. He there's nothing seemingly military about him whatsoever. It's he's just this middle aged dude. He's wearing fucking chinos and a fucking polo, you know, or whatever, you know, and a fucking camo hat. And he looks so fucking stupid. It's amazing. Well, even on top of looking stupid, he also he sounds, sounds stupid. stupid. Let's hear what, <laughs> let's hear what his reaction to finding some dust on his bookcase is. I hate dust. <laughs> I don't want it building up in my home. <laughs> I'll, I'll give this guy credit, man. He uh, he uh, this, he went for it. This actor's name is Terrence Lording, and uh, I don't know if he's—I don't believe he's done any other work, and I can see why. Uh, but hey, he's—you uh, got to have an older guy to play a general. You can't have just some kid, right? So good on you. That's not—that's not true. What if you've ever? If you've ever seen Retro Puppet Master, you know that Corey Feldman plays one mean Andre too long. That's a good point. You have you have shown us all what is true, Mo. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, all you got to do is put a little fucking powder in your hair. You're golden. So so Hank and the general go down to the wine cellar <laughs> <laughs> to have a little conversation, um, and he basically suggested the general that uh, he wants to ask uh, permission to marry Hannah. And uh, at first, the general suspects that it's because he's knocked up Hannah that he, she got her pregnant. Uh, but Hank says that's not why he loves her. Um, and uh, actually, the general's kind of impressed. You know, he brought the flowers. He says that uh, he loves her. It's not a bad answer. But he thinks he's a deadbeat, Mo. Because until he sees results from this super serum, he will not let Hank marry his daughter. It's a classic sitcom setup. Classic scenario. I mean, dad won't approve the marriage until the son, cre- until the boy creates a super serum. A super serum. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> And honestly, putting that kind of pressure on Hank can only make the serum appear quicker. Absolutely. So Hannah then arrives, uh, but Hank immediately leaves in a huff. He says he'll explain later, unless her father wants to do the honors. And I don't know, like, what could her father have told her afterwards? Yeah, I said he couldn't marry you unless he created my super soldier serum. Yeah, I said he was a fucking deadbeat. I hate dust. He's he's the dust in my life. I want him gone. I I don't have time for it. So now, Mo, we go to something completely different. <laughs> Randomly different, too. Like, unexpected. So this is... This movie has a couple of villains. The main one is General Darwin. But there's also kind of a comic book villain that does not have a really any um, similar type character in the Incredible Hulk movie. This is a completely no. original character, I would say. Yeah, and he's entirely played for laughs. Yeah. Like from his name to his demeanor to, you know, like the, the fucking impotence jokes, you oh, know. Boy. I mean, that's basically the joke. <laughs> it is the joke. I mean, the guy's name is Cantalove. 
Yeah, Werner von Kantlov. So we go to the castle, Mo, of Werner von Castle Kantlov, von Kantlov. Where we're first introduced to Lolita Kantlov, uh, the partner of Dr. Werner von Kantlov. And she is dancing around while a computer-generated dog plays with a ball, Mo. And uh, nearby are two soldiers, and they are standing with shields and spears for some reason. Can I just state for the record Please. that that CGI pug is maybe the best thing about this movie? It's a, it's a quality pug. Um, <laughs> I wish we had spent a little bit more time with it rather than basically any other character we get any to. Any other character, yeah. So a larger gentleman comes in in a uh, all dressed in purple, Mo, and uh, the woman, uh, very excited to see him. She goes, oh, Pookie Bear, where have you been? Um, and so they have a little conversation. This gentleman has a strong German accent, Mo, uh, and I'm oh. going to talk about him. The actor who plays him, um, Randall Malone, in just a second. But what were your impressions, Mo, of this character, of this uh, Werner van Kentlove? Uh, I, I had no patience for him, honestly. Anytime he came on screen, I just wanted it to be over. I, I, when he wasn't like, on screen, I also wanted it to be over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's true. Well, when he comes in, I forget what the scene's about, but my notes, like, honestly, like, like when did we watch this movie a fucking week and a half ago yeah. or something like that you know so like i i didn't think honestly i should have but i didn't think to rewatch it today before uh you know before before we recorded cuz i didn't want to put myself through that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um but my <laughs> notes say that this scene is almost directly stolen from monty python just in a not funny way but i can't remember what the scene was okay so i don't know exactly what you're referring to well, they, just tell me what the scene's about. I'll tell, I'll you, tell you everything about the scene, Mo. First, they Please. have a conversation about her leaving her uh, makeup on a uh, antique table that he has, uh, and right. she says that she's bored; she has nothing to do, and uh, and then she makes fun of the fact that he's impotent. Then he tells her not to gyrate in front of the guards. He says it's a big no-no. And then uh, he approaches the guards and he asks if something is amusing. And I'm guessing that you think it's, Mo, that it's referring to the uh, biggest dickest scene from Life of Brian. Uh, might be. Yeah, yeah. It might be the biggest dickest scene. So okay. think about that, except completely incompetent. Yeah, yeah. So that actually makes sense because, it, yeah, that's probably what I was thinking. It's the uh, the biggest dickest scene from Life of Brian, but just not funny at all. I mean, the idea from the sequence is that he is mocking one of the soldiers and then when he turns away the soldier thumbs his nose at him except in the editing of the movie he's looking right at the soldier when he thumbs his nose at him yeah and uh he has a a wife you know yeah that's right (laughs) so uh so then the dog basically says that the dude was thumbing his nose at him uh makes like a motion towards him and that leads to my favorite line reading in the entire movie mo let's hear it so you're going to chew the dog's word over me, sir? <laughs> like they couldn't even find a guy who could speak? That is a terrible, hilarious line reading. Uh, and, that's- and, and, mm-hmm. and here's the other thing that I don't get. You're not shooting on film. Just- take two. <laughs> Just take two. I... Acting is hard. I know it. We've done some of it recently, Mo. But I'm just saying, you're going to choose a dog's word over me, sir? There. I just did a better job than this guy that you put in your fucking movie. Right. I guess the pressure is higher when you're in front of that green screen. (laughs) 
Yeah, I guess so. I mean, put a green screen, put a green screen behind me. So you're going to choose a dog's word over me, sir. So I mean, that sound that we hear at the end of the audio clip is uh, Doctor Cantlove. He's shooting some sort of like electricity gun at this soldier who <laughs> shakes around a bit and turns into a skeleton wearing a loincloth. Yay. That's what happens in this stupid fucking movie. Uh, yeah. th- there's some suggestion that money has been transferred into some Swiss bank accounts. Uh, the doctor and his uh, Lolita girlfriend have some flirtatious dialogue. Um, right. He asks her if she wants something big and hard, Mo, and she says yes. And they go into a room. And do you remember, Mo, what's in this room? Um. Yeah, there's like... Uh, there's like a, a, a bay of like monitors and devices and whatnot. Correct. And- and uh, they basically fire off rockets from there. Yeah, they fire off a rocket and they blow up the Institute of German Scientists. But the other yeah. thing that's in that room is a computer-generated monkey that's holding a rocket. Right. Yeah, because that... So he he blows up this Institute, Mo. Uh, she basically comes all over the place. She gets very excited about this uh, destruction. Mm-hmm. So he laughs. He goes, I have all their money and they have nothing. And then she says, make love to me like you used to, Doctor. And he says he can't do that anymore, but he has a solution to his problem. And she asks him to blow up uh, another one for her. And we see a CG rocket take off, Mo. And we get a montage of rockets blowing up some of the most famous landmarks on Earth, Mo. And do you remember any of these landmarks that we see in this sequence? I was so annoyed already by this point. Like, stay for the record that we're not even a half an hour into this fucking movie yet. And I'm already just like fucking over it. My notes are so bad because I did not give a shit. Um, so, yeah. So, no, I didn't go into details on what they what they blew up. I know there's, you know, a couple of famous U.S. sites on there, but I can't remember. The Sydney Opera House, Mo. Well, that one, yeah. Mount Rushmore, Mo, the Hollywood sign, the Taj Mahal, Stonehenge, the Coliseum in Rome, and the White House, Mo. He blew up the White House. That seems like it would be big news. Not Stonehenge. That's where the men are men, and the children dance to the flutes of Pan. No one knew where they came from (laughs) or what they were doing. (laughs) Uh, Mo. I want to take a brief. Let's talk about that movie. (laughs) (laughs) I want to take a brief aside, and I want to talk about Randall Malone, who plays Dr. Werner Van Cantlove, because he's had, Mo, a very interesting career. If you do a little search, he has his own Wikipedia page, Mo. I don't think anyone else in this movie has their own Wikipedia page. Um, I don't want to, I don't know enough about him, and I don't want to be really critical here, so I'm I'm just going to say a couple of things. One, he might be best known for appearing on MTV's Singled Out. That's the thing, uh, his acting career that he's best known for. Apparently he played a bunch of roles on Singled Out. Um, oh, is that is that where Jenny McCarthy turned him into an anti-vaxxer? Maybe she did. But Mo, <laughs> what he's probably best known for is that he's had uh, relationships, not uh, sexual, but like friendships with some of the golden age stars of Hollywood. That's what he's Ooh. best known for. He has, he is. A, you know, if we remember stories from episodes past, so have I. <laughs> Indeed, Mo, you have. <laughs> but uh, but like he's like a Hollywood. Um, he loves Hollywood. He loves like the golden age of Hollywood. He loves celebrities. That's sure. what he's kind of known for. But the thing I like him most for, Mo, is his IMDb quote section. <laughs> yes, Mo, we're going to dip into his quote section just briefly. Yes, let's do that, please. So here's a quote. Being given the opportunity to act in a film 
is one of the greatest of blessings. Any time one is cast for anything, one should be nothing less than flattered. If I had the choice between acting less days a year on good scripts or getting to act more days on bad ones, then i choose the latter. Acting is a game of adult make-believe that is all too rare. Knowing its rarity, I savor every chance I get to play such a game. Wow. Okay. So, that, I mean, that does explain his appearance in this movie. Sure does. <laughs> and uh, here's just one more for you. Uh, you can go over to his IMDb page yourself and take a look at what else is there. When God puts someone in need in your path, you must help them. We won't be judged so much by the good we did on earth. Rather, we will be judged more on the good we didn't do when we had the chance to. Mo, pretty, uh, pretty uh, sobering words from uh, actor Randall Malone. And also lets me know that I'm going to hell. So after blowing up all of those uh, famous locations on the planet Earth, Mo, uh, the film then cuts to some fireworks because Hank and Hannah are a couple at the at the center of this movie. They've gone to the fair, Mo, and we are about to get something pretty fucking amazing. Are we talking? Oh, are we talking about the roller coaster? The roller coaster, Mo. He is at the roller coaster. So they're at the fair, and they're doing this funny kind of uh, screwball comedy thing where he wants to ask her to marry him, but she gets distracted by the fact that there's a roller coaster there, despite the fact that she must have seen that from like a fucking mile away. That's a roller coaster. But she's so excited about it, Mo, she can't even listen to him. She needs to get on the roller coaster. Now, what does that look like, Mo? All right. Well, my notes describe the roller coaster scene as looking like the Jamaican bobsled team practicing with no ice. It is unbelievably horrid. <laughs> you know, because like you remember that scene from Cool Runnings where they're all in the bathtub and they're like left, right. You yes, know, like absolutely. It, it, it looks just like that. It's fucking ridiculous. Just like that, except in the foreground is a very terrible looking computer generated roller coaster. Yeah. It is, oh God, it looks bad. And it goes on forever. <laughs> Talk about an unnecessary sequence, but this is thankfully a pretty short movie. So, uh, you know, you can, I'll let him get away with a bit of padding, Mo. I mean, basically the entire movie is, is like 80% padding as it is. Yeah. So later, uh, Hannah and Hank, they're on the subway, Mo. Again, fake subway. Uh, and he's once again trying to ask her to marry him. When that gentleman that you remember right from the opening sequence, that criminal, he approaches Oh, yeah, that them. guy. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes up to him with a gun and he goes, you move a muscle, you and the girl die. Now, he gives the guy his wallet, Mo, and he's hoping that's all it's going to be because he has the ring he's going to ask her to marry him with in his pocket. Right. But he doesn't leave, Mo. He wants to search him some more. Well, yeah, I mean, he's got a feeling, you know, that there's something more. Yeah, so, and he's right. So he continues to search him. At one point, Hank is, like, so upset about the idea of someone stealing that ring. He elbows the guy in the face. Uh, The criminal guy punches Hank, knocks him down, and runs off. Um, And uh, Hannah goes, what was in your pocket that was worth risking your life for? And he says that it's a flash drive with documents about the experiment. Right. She's just glad he didn't get himself killed. Yeah. Mo, did he get the ring? Um, Did the mugger get the ring? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he got yes. the ring. Now, he absolutely does. Hank doesn't I, have a, I, a, a, a fiance. He doesn't have a ring. He's got bupkis. Yeah. I, I like the fact that they go from riding the subway <laughs> to now magically they're driving. Hey, 
You know what? Maybe the, look, parking in town is crazy when you want to go to the fair. <laughs> so he needed to take the subway to his ridiculous sports car mo. That is the mm-hmm. dumbest goddamn thing you will ever see. And then he dro- I, drops her off at her father's mansion. I don't know. I did just watch a monkey playing with a rocket. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he drops her off and they have a little conversation. He says he's going to call her tomorrow. Um, but he says he needs to put some hours in at the lab. She suggests that he needs rest, but he does not respond well to that. He says. So that's why you've been so moody lately. Look, it means a great deal to me and your father. Why can't you see that? Fine. You know what? Go to the lab. Do whatever you want. I'm out of here. Hannah, wait. Oh my God, it was Doug from MTV's The Stage. (laughs) (laughs) I make timely references. (laughs) Uh, I'm out of here. out of here um <laughs> so he's so obsessed with his work mode that he's pushing his beloved girlfriend away mm-hmm. when the whole point of doing the work is so he can get permission to ask her to marry him it's the classic classic uh, uh conflict going on here in the amazing bulk right daddy wants him to make a serum until he gets the serum ready he can't ask her to marry him i like how they have the entire like military financial might and it's just two guys in a room <laughs> working on this serum. <laughs> the, the entire industri- mil- military industrial complex is two men in a lab working on a serum. And it's just beakers. They're not looking at screens or anything. They're just like pouring liquids. Anyway, back to the look, lab. Look, they're practical scientists. <laughs> they don't need screens. So Hank is back at the lab. He says the general wants results. Results I shall give him. Uh, there's a montage of science, um, and we... <laughs> a montage of science. That's what it is. We see the yeah. cells that he's working on, Mo, and they're purple. Very strange. He says unusual, but maybe they will work. He injects a plant. Nothing seems to happen, but then it turns into a healthier plant, Mo. I think he's cracked the code. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. He had been so I don't know if that's like their their workaround, like if that's the the agenda. You know, first you create the serum, then you work it on a plant, then you then you do a mouse. Yeah, but this moron, uh huh, doesn't bother to do it on a living creature. He did it on a fucking plant. Okay, so the plant comes back to life. Great. So what does he do? He injects himself. Now this is a common uh, trope. In movies like this, right, where someone is so obsessed with getting results that they skip a lot of the testing and they go and they practice on themselves. They do scientific experiments on themselves. Very common, right? However, they don't usually go right from, hey, this plant looks like it's sort of worked to time to inject myself like seconds later. He had the rats right right there. Just inject the rat. Yeah. Not everybody can be Louis Pasteur. Yeah, that's a, I don't know if that's a correct if that's a correct reference. Well, uh, what's the guy's name? What, what who, who am I thinking of? Uh, Adolf the Hitler. Polio. The polio vaccine mm, guy. Polio. Po- polo. Water polo. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. The guy from Enterprise. The captain. Yeah, that's, captain that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Oh God, that's a nerdy <laughs> reference. Uh, Mo, he does inject himself, and we see his yeah. cells start turning purple 
while uh, now I can never pronounce the the title of the song, but for, uh, the the theme from two thousand one. Let's say Ric Flair's theme plays on the soundtrack. Um, <laughs> also Sprock, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, so that plays a, a Stanley Kubrick reference right there, Mo, as he right. uh, as he makes this idiotic decision. Now we need to talk about the transformation from uh, a person, Hank, into the amazing bulk how is this uh done in the film was it done with a series of rick baker like transformation sequences yes yes it is no it isn't (laughs) (laughs) a small tornado appears (laughs) we see a tornado appear spin around for a bit and we see a purple hand grab the desk mo and uh, i have a note here we're almost halfway through this movie (laughs) yeah Oh, and be, and because I'm obsessive and can't leave things alone, it's Jonas Salk I was thinking of. Just putting it out there. Go ahead. Nobody Continue. cares. Nobody cares. Here's a, fun it's a fucking micro. It's a fucking micro budget film podcast. What do how do they care about that? Here's All a fun right. fact, Mo. You want to hear a fun fact? Oh, I would love to hear a fun fact. Every once in a while, you see the hands of the Amazing Bulk, and the hands are physical. They're actually crafted prop as opposed to computer-generated imagery, Mo. And guess how they managed to do that? Oh, well, this one's easy, because all they fucking did (laughs) was bought the Incredible Hulk fucking hands and painted them purple. Correct! (laughs) It's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. So, uh, later on, Hank is just walking down the street. Looks very familiar, this city street. It's raining outside. Uh, He seems a little bit out of it. He sees that prostitute from the very beginning. She tries to, to light a cigarette. He sees the criminal grab her. He gets angry, Mo, and that makes the tornado appear. Of course. <laughs> now, despite the fact that a tornado is occurring literally feet away from them, neither the criminal nor the prostitute seem to notice it at all. They're very unnoticeable. You know, tornadoes, they're very little. The bulk appears, Mo, in all of his computer-generated glory. <laughs> they usually have clowns in them. <laughs> That's... Sometimes, sometimes sure. <laughs> the, the bulk appears. The criminal kills the woman once again for no reason at all. I mean, really for no reason. Um, and uh, then he starts screaming, and then we see a naked Hank yeah. <laughs> over the corpse of this criminal. And he's not only like naked; he's also upset at this guy who is now dead. In fact, he voices how upset he is. Ain't so tough without your gun now, are you, buddy? Now, we should clarify that that was not the bulk talking. Right. He shifts back into human form. Uh Uh-huh. And then shifts back into bulk form (laughs) to run away. (laughs) So, But all all of that is done off screen. So, I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up, Mo. He turns into the bulk, scares the, the well. The woman gets shot. He kills this guy, turns naked, turns into naked Hank. Gets mm. I think he gets his ring back right from the guy. Yeah. Then we see him run off, but now he's the bulk again. And I guarantee right. you that is just because they didn't know what to do. Like they they fucked up and they just wanted to have the bulk run off as opposed to him. But it doesn't make any sense how they have it done at all. Back to our favorite character, Mo, Dr. Werner von Kentlove. Uh, he's meeting with two men. Uh, they said that they were uh, dealing, I guess, dealing drugs in the city. 
uh, and they ran into the doctor's old friend Scully. Oh, right, because he because he doesn't get the ring back. See, this he is just, I was confused because yeah. I why didn't he get the ring? Okay, it's because he's already sold it or given it away. Right, he's already given the ring to these two dumb douchebags. Um, who? Because I'm guessing the uh, criminal dumb guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm guessing that, that the guy who got killed is the Scully who they were talking about because, of course, there's a fucking criminal named Scully. Yeah. Um, but, of course, at no point do they ever establish that that is, in fact, Scully. But, yeah, so, like, when, when Hank finds the ring box, there's no ring. That's in right. It. So he he, yeah. he searches the body, but there's no ring in the ring box because we find out that one of these criminals has the ring and he gives it right. to Dr. Van Cantlove. He even says that they, they got it by threatening Scully saying that, uh, asked him if he wanted to go swimming in the river with cement slippers. Uh, this, this, there's a lot of shtick in this bit. It's really awful and unfunny. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, you're going to hear how fucking unfunny it is in a second. All right, let's hear it. So the doctor, oh. uh, after getting the ring, he asks if they want to take a swim. Oh, would you like to take a swim? Get your swimming trunks on. Because you are both going for a little swim. <laughs> like, he's just tickled by this phrase. Like, he thinks it's fucking hilarious. Uh, while that little bit is playing, blood starts flowing down the screen. Computer-generated blood. Transition yeah, because why not? Yeah. Why not, Mo? Now, I do yeah. want to mention, like, why does he kill these guys? Like, what, what's, what's in it for him? They're just his flunkies. What motivated him to kill him? I know he's just supposed to be crazy. As, as, as the Germans would say, he killed him for schnitz and giggles. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> the next day, Mo, Hank wakes up in his apartment. Someone's pounding on a door. And he wakes up suddenly, Mo, and he says what anyone would say. It sounds like this. That was a wild dream. <laughs> Hello? Anybody in there? <laughs> now... <sighs> The actor who plays Hank, uh, he's not like, compared to some of the actors in this movie, um, I think his name is Jordan Lawson. He He's not like completely terrible, but he's very monotone. He, he just says everything, every line exactly the same way. Yeah, well, he's either deadpan or screaming. Exactly, that's right. You know, like he's either he's either on three or ten. There's no in between, which is fine sometimes. Um, you know, so somebody's knocking on his door that he makes a fucking Ed McMahon joke. I mean, can you look even in 2008? That's at least a 10 years out of date joke. So for those yeah. who don't know, Publishers Clearinghouse used to have Ed McMahon on their envelopes. And, you know, it was a joke that you could. Hey, oh, hey, oh, Ed McMahon might show up with a big check. Uh, I think I read something recently that Ed McMahon was never the one who came with the check, like not ever. And there was no video of that ever happening. But people's memories are that Ed McMahon shows up with the check. You are correct, sir. So it's weird. He says that, and then uh, the, the the people knocking on the door say, "Who is it? It ain't Ed McMahon. It's the police." Right? Like they're like, this guy obsessed with just, fucking Ed McMahon. You just made a fucking Ed McMahon joke. Don't make another fucking Ed McMahon joke. But you know what? At least they didn't say. You know, at least when they said, "Who is it?" They didn't say Idi Amin. You know, stealing a joke. You know, an even more timely joke from fucking Stripes. You know. <laughs> So anyway, Mo, um, it's the police at the door. Uh, they found his wallet. Remember, they found it at the scene, and they came to return it. Uh, mm-hmm. So they go in they're inside. They're obviously very suspicious uh, of him. Um, he goes, "I thank you for delivering this." Very, 
very natural <laughs> way of saying that. <laughs> she asked, they, they basically are curious. Good, good sir and madam, <laughs> thank you for returning this. Uh, they're very curious about how it ended up uh, with this criminal that they found, and he says that he was mugged with his girlfriend in the subway. The bald cop uh, asks if he filed a report, and he says that uh, that he didn't. That he didn't think. I guess he said he was going to do it the next day, maybe. Um, and they mentioned that it was a, a double homicide last night. Hank feels really weirded out after hearing about the homicide, and the woman says that he's been through a lot. The female cop. So there's a male and a female cop. I can't remember their names. We'll get to them in a little bit. Uh, I think the woman is Lisa. Is that right? And the guy is Sam. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that shit down. Uh, no, he's Ray. Okay, that's I remember it now. I have it right here. So he's Ray Garten. I don't know why that last name. And she's Lisa Tuttle. Um, and they're 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 cops and they're partners, Mo. And uh, so they thank him for his time. That's dangerously close to Lisa Turtle. I, I have to admit, that's the first thing I thought when I saw that. Yeah. Um, I also think of like Tuttle Buttle, the uh, the name from Brazil. From Brazil, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So they leave, and they're sitting in a really six. a really terrible, <laughs> fake looking cop car. They're just I I mean every vehicle in this movie looks awful. He's Ray Garten. She's Lisa Tuttle. Um, Ray is. Um, Ray is played by an actor named Jed Rowan, who has been in a lot of kind of low-budget exploitation movies. I'm sure he's been good in other things. In this movie, he's, like, awful. Like, really, really terrible. Unbelievably bad. I know I use unbelievably a lot, but, like, you're going to hear some of his line readings, and I don't know what's going on with this guy. It's like he's never said things out loud before. (laughs) I, I Sometimes I get a huge kick out of acting like that, where, like... Like they're trying so hard that like they, it's literally like you just said. It literally sounds like they've never said words out loud. Before. It's really funny to see these two actors play off each other because uh, Ray, the the male cop, he is pitched high, and she is pitched like super uh, laconic and and low. Yeah, so right. he basically uh, states Ray says that he thinks that Henry murdered that mugger, and her response is this. What? You're kidding. That sweet man. He doesn't look capable of cheating on his income taxes. I think she's trying to... There are two pieces of evidence, my dear. Okay, apparently I left that bit in. That was random. (laughs) (laughs) Her, like, it's like she's trying to do a character in the way that she's speaking. That sweet man. Like, she's doing Shatner or something. She's doing fucking Shatner. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's really strange. Um, You're kidding. So he says there are two pieces of evidence <laughs> that connect Hank to the crime last night. First, how did he know that the mugger killed the prostitute? So when they talked to him, he knew that the mugger had killed the prostitute. And the other thing is, and he shows his hands and there's purple on them, Mo, just like the purple they found on the uh, crime scene, the purple blood. Bum, bum, bum. And now you'll get a little bit of his of Ray's dialogue where he talks about uh, the criminal returning to the scene of the crime. What's that old saying? Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) The criminal always returns to the scene of the crime. Old saying is right, and you should remember it, too. I mean, you coined the phrase, didn't you? See, she's trying to make an old person joke. It's funny, but... That other old saying is true. The mind is the first thing to go. Hey, Tuttle, are we going to trade insults or go bust this cretin? I mean, this this interplay between these two characters. I do... Yeah, please. First off, who says who says Cretan anymore? Well, I mean, they're old timey. You know what I'm saying? 
And second, it's pronounced cretin. No, <laughs> I uh, I do kind of like the fact that they're very adversarial. And then after something happens in just a little bit, uh, he's like super sad about <laughs> about what happens to his partner. Yeah. Like like that, that bitch. I loved her. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. So they go back to the scene of the crime, Mo, um, and they see Hank, and he's on the crime scene, and we see the cops call for backup. So Hank crosses the tape. He seems distraught, right? Because he heard that this guy was killed and he thought it was all a dream before. Maybe he didn't even remember much of it at all. They approach him, even though they just call for backup. They just go ahead. And uh, he says that it's not what it looks like. They point their guns at him, Mo, and he starts to freak out. And you know what that means. Yeah, you wouldn't like him when he's perturbed. He becomes the Texas tornado and starts spinning around. They just stand there. Yeah, he he. He bulks out, as I'm doing air quotes here, you can't see it, but he, he bulks out, and they have a uh, clever response to that. Now, they are inches away from this tornado, and then the bulk as he appears. They're right yeah. in front of him, and we hear Detective Ray Garten say, What the hell is that? Well, it ain't Barney the Purple Dinosaur. Good thing I called for backup. Backup? You're going to need an army to take down that monster. Dear Lord. <laughs> that It Ain't Barney the Purple Dinosaur, I guarantee you, like even in 2008, but certainly by 2012, probably half the population wouldn't even remember Barney the Purple Dinosaur. Yeah. Like your average kid on the street, they, they, they might have a vague memory from when they were a very young child of Barney the Purple Dinosaur, but talk about no cultural relevance anymore. Yeah. So uh, just for this next scene, I'm just going to read my notes because they uh, they describe it perfectly. Please. Uh, my notes say they shoot. He runs. <laughs> they run. Running. Running. Shooting. Car gets knocked over. News reporter in a helicopter. There we go. Now we're on to the next scene. Now he's like kicking over vehicles and they're going <laughs> Yeah, he's flying. kicking over shit. I mean, it's it's honestly like the, the scenes where he's running and knocking shit over. It's actually kind of funny as much as I hate to admit it. But I don't think it's supposed to be funny. He's also, <laughs> uh, like, um, absolutely murdering people as he's running around. He's kicking over, like, cars that are headed towards him, and they're exploding. Yeah. I mean, right. he's murdering people left and right. Yep. So you said that they have a chopper, Mo. This is a news chopper. We, we see uh, a reporter, and actually, I guess two reporters. One of them is is uh, uh, piloting the helicopter. The, the male reporter, he just wants to, to go closer and closer. She's hesitant because she thinks it's dangerous, but uh, he, he thinks this is their way to the bigger, better things. It sounds like this. I'm telling you, you need to get closer. I don't have a shot. This could be our big ticket yeah. to bigger, better things. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I'll get a little closer. Just a little, though. I like that he's like a half-selfie. You know? <laughs> we gotta get the this fucking be- uh, helicopter down by the Hulk <laughs> down there. <laughs> Daddy fucking ball game. Uh, the way to Lansdowne Street. <laughs> so she she does indeed drive the helicopter drive. I guess fly the helicopter closer. <laughs> while like the bulk is like destroying the city. Yeah. <laughs> he seems to be intentionally running into cars. <laughs> he also knocks over again. It's these are all like like um Stock footage elements. So he like kicks over like a UK style police telephone booth. Um, <laughs> he kicks over a car, and this is very sad, Mo. He kicks it into mm. the air, 
and it falls on uh, Lisa Tuttle, the detective, and it kills her. Yeah. Ray is very upset by this. The helicopter pilot, they think that uh, she thinks that they're going to make history with this footage. The cameraman thinks this will be the ultimate death scene. <laughs> they get closer, and then we see an actual person covered in purple just for a moment grabs the helicopter and it just explodes. <laughs> like for just one second, we get to see a real amazing bulk, just a dude covered in purple, and then the fucking helicopter just explodes. Yeah, I think he starts to lament his actions yes. and he turns back into a uh, good old Hank. Yep. And the cops arrest him. Well, not the cops, the cop, Ray. Well, the the cop. Ray, the surviving cop, he tells him to freeze, calls him a son of a bitch, tries to shoot him in the head several times, but the gun is empty. So Ray's a little bit unhinged, I would say. <laughs> when, uh, when he's unable to shoot and kill Hank, he says, now for plan B, and he punches him in the head. Yeah, so basically for the rest of the movie, you know, the, the 10 minutes that's left, um, Ray is pretty obsessed with wanting to kill Hank. Yeah, well, he's not a very happy guy at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's all, we're only talking about like one more scene, but still. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that scene. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> Hank wakes up. He's in a military cell uh, in this uh, military complex that I guess is also some sort of prison. He's lost track of time. Could be He says it could be 10 days or 10 years could have passed. Uh, what kind of hideous creature have I unleashed on the world? So he's in the Selmo. Ray, the cop, just from a minute ago, he comes to visit him. Hank immediately apologizes about what happened to his partner. Uh, he said it was an accident. Ray says an accident is wetting your bed. What you did is called murder. Then he punches Hank, pulls the gun out again, tells him to say goodnight. But just then, Mo, General Darwin arrives. Our hero, General Darwin. Uh, Hank at first very confused that General Darwin is there. And uh, he then pulls out a syringe and he goes, what's up, Doc? I don't know why he says that. It's very stupid. But uh, apparently he uh, he knocks Hank out. Later on, Hank is being pushed around in a wheelchair. Uh, and the doc and uh, the general talks about how they finally achieved the results they were looking for. They're, they're now going to evaluate him. They uh, He starts to turn purple and kind of break out of his restraints. But they inject him again. And that sounds like this. <sighs> You almost had me there, soldier, but I was too fast for you. Sweet Man. dreams, you purple pile of cow dung. I don't understand why the general is so combative with him. I mean, you, you think at this point, yeah, uh, look, it's clear he's the bad guy. He is going to probably kill and dissect Hank, all that sort of stuff. But, like, why be mean to him? He got the results you wanted. Right? He did what you wanted him to do. He did it! Darwin. <laughs> so uh, back to back to Dr. Cantlove and Lolita. They're dancing on a Hollywood star. Um, he, she says uh, that it reminds her of their wedding day. So she wants him to blow something up. And he goes, uh, you've read my mind. And she goes, I can't read, silly. You know that. <sighs> so he says he's decided not to blow up any more historical monuments, probably because there isn't many left. He's going right. to up the ante. So he sends a Saturn V rocket mode to blow up the moon. Uh, listeners, you might notice at this point that the two halves of this story, the Dr. Cantlove part and the part with the bulk, they don't really seem to fit together at all. Right. Like, this feels like it's a completely separate thing. We're waiting for these stories to intersect, and they will. But, I mean, talk about, like, there's literally like 10 minutes left in this thing. This movie's so dumb. Oh, <laughs> 
Some yeah, of, so yeah, we do we do get like a very extended like this goes on for a really constru- long time. It's so bad. So let me explain because this is kind of important. We see a rocket flying through space. While the rocket is flying, we also see a bone floating in space, and that's a reference to 2001. And in fact, all the music from this sequence is classical music that you would recognize from the soundtrack to 2001. We also see two uh, space capsules. They're banging into each other, and it's a, like a, a small clip of footage that then gets pulled back and forth. Like it, it's rewound and played yeah. forward, and that's yeah, it's a, just it. Oh. So it, it looks like the capsules are fucking, and that's a reference yeah. to the opening credits of Doctor Strangelove. And this is all the most embarrassing shit you'll ever see. It is so fucking bad, and it is so yeah. irritating to watch. It, 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 you know, and the funny thing is, it's like, look, I can be incredibly immature. Can you? Know, you in, fact, I, in, in fact, I. In fact, I. No, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, in fact, I pride myself on my immaturity sometimes. This is so childish that, like, like even I had, like, was was taken aback. I'm like, this is beyond the pale. Like, it's so bad. It's so not funny. The opening credits of Doctor Strange Love, where we see planes refueling, and it's a very kind of, uh, it, it's kind of sexual looking. It's one of those right. things where someone noticed it, and yeah. they're not saying it. They're not like they're not reversing it, making it look more. Uh, erotic than it actually is. It's not meant to make look more phallic than it actually is. It's just showing something, and it's leading you, the audience, to be like, you know what? That's kind of like those those planes are fucking. And in right. this case, it's just like the joke is just rubbed in your face. Like you yeah. stupid fucking people, you wouldn't notice this unless we made a loop out of it. I feel I feel disrespected, th- Mo. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, there's this thing in comedy where it takes a very smart person to make very immature jokes. You know, and like it's the sort of thing you see in, you know, the comedies that Kubrick did or or Monty Python, you know, like where it takes a bunch of just university educated nitwits, you know, to put together something so brilliantly stupid and childish that like that's why it's funny because there is intellect behind it. You know, this is this is Nightmare Museum, you know, this is somebody taking two Barbie dolls and slapping them together while porn plays in the background and saying, I made a movie, (laughs) you know? So a little later on, Mo, we see, uh, Darwin. He's looking at a screen. Hank is on that screen. They have a little chat about the serum that Hank discovered. Uh, Hank says, if you're here to give me an award, you can shove it where the sun don't shine. (laughs) (laughs) The general did not expect him to inject himself with the serum. That was idiotic. (laughs) Hank agrees. He said he did it for Hannah. He wanted to prove he was successful Get his ble- uh, get the general's blessing to marry her. Uh, the general then says that he gives him uh, his permission, and then Hank says this. It's too late. I'm a monster. <clears throat> I can't conform to society, because I know what it's like. I know what triggers the beast inside of me. It's the rage. But I'm sure you already knew that with all the tests you've given me. It is the rage that triggers it off. It's the rage that triggers it, Mo. That's my secret. I'm always angry. <laughs> so now the plots come together. The general says that there's a madman blowing up monuments around the world, and they believe that he's sending a rocket to the moon to blow it up. Uh, they've discovered where his base is, so the military's big plan is, 
for some fucking reason, they're going to drop Hank in there because they can't send a bomb. They're going to send in Hank and he's going to take care of it. Why can't they send in like just military guys to kill him? Why can't they just send like there's a guy trying to blow up the moon. You're telling me you, just, you yeah. only have anyway. That's the plan. He says that you can kill. Uh, he, Hank doesn't want to do it. And then the general's like, you can kill innocent people, but you can't kill the enemy. Um, he Hank starts to turn. He starts to turn purple. But then Hannah arrives and he calms down. He doesn't care about the world. He only cares about Hannah. And so Darwin tells him what the plan is, Mo. Hannah, by the way, sees what's going on here. Does not put two and two together. The fact that her father is keeping Hank like prisoner or that her father is evil even though she's there in the room i don't know what right. the hell's going on <laughs> oh jesus christ then we see something that's never been shown in a movie before a helicopter while ride of the valkyries is playing <laughs> and we get my second favorite line reading in the entire movie this is the uh, chopper pilot who is uh, delivering hank to the location he sounds like this yeah my notes literally say this guy is amazing <laughs> me too We're almost to the checkpoint. Any closer, a camera will pick me up on the radar. You know what to do, right? Yeah, I'm all set. Good luck, Hank. Thanks. Okay, get ready to drop. I left it a little bit of that terrible version of Side yeah, of the yeah. Valkyries. I, I, like, I like the fact that it's like a fucking MIDI version. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like it's almost came from like a fucking video game. So you could tell from that audio clip, Hank gets out of the helicopter when it gets close. He does not get out with a parachute on. He just jumps to the ground. Well, I mean, the you know, the bulk doesn't need a parachute. Well, he's not the bulk. He's just Hank. Um, oh, well, then he's, then he's dead. And he lands in a foggy CG woods, Mo, surrounded by bats. And uh, he starts running in place, getting a little closer to Dr. Cantlove's hidden castle. We go back to that missile in space, Mo. More uh, 2001 references. Uh, just, like, lengthy clips. This movie, by the way, uh, we haven't mentioned it, though uh, you probably got the idea from the fact that we're getting through it, you know, fairly quickly. This movie is all of 76 minutes long. <laughs> Yeah. It feels every one of those minutes, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh my god, it really does. And we're starting to get to the point where where clearly they started running out of things to use. <laughs> so we're going to start encountering just completely random ass shit, but that's for another like 3 minutes. We've got we've got a little bit of shit going so on. So the missile that Dr. Cantlove has sent to the moon to blow it up, it arrives on the moon, Mo. Uh, he even says, no more honeymoon re reruns for me, which I guess is a reference to the fact that he used to say to the moon, uh, but it's fucking dumb as shit. He presses a button to blow up the moon, Mo, but instead, that monkey from earlier, it pops out of the missile, and he goes, he seems really upset, and he goes, one of these days, Hogan! <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. Hank walks through a golf course. He walks next to a leprechaun, some windmills. And he arrives at a fairy tale castle, Mo, with two guards in front. Hank recognizes this, it's time for the bulk to arrive. This is probably my favorite moment in the entire movie. Okay. Not saying it's good, 
I just love the fact that he's like, all right, time to get angry. It's like, and so he looks at a picture of General Darwin. It's all it takes. It's all it takes. (laughs) I just need to carry this one picture with me. He pulls out a photo of General Darwin. He turns into the bulk. He runs towards the guards. Um, They run into the castle, which I guess is uh, something to do. I guess they're not just standing there. Yeah. Can't love. He sees that the bulk has arrived. He says he's got to use a secret weapon, so he rolls a Indiana Jones esque boulder <laughs> that, despite rolling behind the bulk, somehow ends up in front of him, and it rolls over a guard. Yeah. Can't love is now by himself. He has no one to protect him from the amazing bulk, uh, and he questions what happened to his guards. There are my personal guards. Ah, that's right. I killed them both. Ha, 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 ha. My sides are splitting. So the bulk chases one of the other guards to the roof. Um, he leans over him. Uh, and we see hit like a CG foot come down on the guy and kill him. Doesn't he say something about how this is oh, worse boy. than the time an alien yes. came to and asked to use the phone? Yes, Kent Love says this is worse than the time the UFO broke down and the little green alien asked to use the phone. An E.T. reference, Mo. 2008, again, didn't this get movie, released until 2012. Look, look, I know that on this show I am fucking notorious for my timely quote-unquote references. <laughs> but for fuck's sake, like, man. So this next bit is okay those the cg missile stuff was probably the worst part of the movie outside of that this goddamn shit is so awful so we see lolita von um von can't love she has a (laughs) she has a sleep mask on mo and because of that she is under the impression she has gone blind (sighs) so she's wandering around and she finds the bulk she runs into him but she thinks that it's dr can't love uh, she says that he's been spending his free time at the gym, even though the bulk is even fatter than fucking Cantlove is. <laughs> True. She yeah. She then latches yeah. onto his honker. <laughs> <laughs> is that the technical term? <laughs> she grabs his dick, which does not exist. It's just a smooth area. Yeah, um, he's basically he's basically a big fat purple Ken doll. But she is still impressed somehow, and she goes, "This is historic," because she thinks it's Doctor Cantlove. She goes, "I've got to see this for myself." And then she takes off her mask and she says, what have you done to your face? I love it. And then Bulk punches her. Uh, probably one of the best moments in the movie, really. So, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So Can't Love is walking around. Uh, Can you explain this next scene to me? With that green creature walking the dog? Yeah. Nope. It's just a bit of okay. stock shit that they had. There's just... There's, at this like From this point on, and this movie's just about over, there's going to be a lot of just weird shit they just decided to throw in for no reason. Yep. Can't Love runs into the bulk. He uh, asks him to spare his life. He goes, I'm a mad scientist. Um, he says, you remember Frankenstein? It was me that fixed him up with the bride. Ugh. And bulk, uh, the amazing bulk, he stomps on Can't Love and he kills him. Bulk crush. Bulk never talks, by the way. We should mention that. He never says anything. Yeah, he never he never does the uh, you know, he, there's never a Joe fix it or a you know, Professor Hulk. No. There's nothing like that at all. <laughs> no. He's just a big purple dumbass the entire He's way. He's a big dumb animal. Yep. So Hank then turns into his regular self wearing regular clothes. Um I don't know how that worked, but I guess he had a look, that is the least of this movie's problems. 
he uh, he radios to be picked up, but instead the military starts dropping bombs. Oh no! It's a, it's a fucking double cross. Who could have seen it coming? Everybody. Darwin, by the way, I should have mentioned this before. He had promised Hank that if he came back, that he had developed an antidote for him. But now he reveals that there was no antidote. Uh, it's sort of you know sort of escape from New Yorkish. Um, we also discover the big twist of the movie, which is that Cantlove was actually the one funding the research because he wanted a serum to address his erectile dysfunction. Yup. So, uh, since they didn't need his funding anymore, they could eliminate him, which is what this whole thing was about. And Hank's response to that is this. The government will probably give me an award for this. For creating an army of superhuman soldiers. (laughs) You're crazy, you know that? You're sick! And now I shall eliminate you. You bastard! (laughs) There's Hank at 11. So they start to bomb the place, the William Tell Overture plays. Uh, Hank turns into the bulk as the place gets bombed. And then we have, okay, I just have a list here. We see a computer-generated Robin Hood, a koala, mm-hmm. some flamingos. Yep. Yep. He runs past a farm, a terrible-looking CG tank, which shoots at him. Some planes arrive. We see a gecko on a computer. We see a CG pilot in a World War One airplane. We see a CG girl playing soccer. We see an old-timey ship shooting cannonballs. We see a CG kid who's bouncing soccer ball on his head. There's a shot of a computer-generated superhero. We see Zeus with a lightning bolt, a lizard in the desert, a fantastical submarine. Uh, We see the bulk narrowly avoid a train. We see a hunter who smells some poop, a flying dog, and a cowboy mo. And all I wrote was, we get a mishmash of random animations that truly make no sense. I'm not listing them all. I listed them all, Mo. Yeah, I figured you would. We see some helicopters. Uh, flying over uh, some really terrible, like the backgrounds are just horrible here. The uh, when Johnny comes marching home plays Mo another likely <laughs> reference to uh, Doctor Strangelove, mm-hmm. uh, and we even see that the pilot of this uh, of one of these vehicles has a badge that says "We Kill for Peace." The, you know, this is some real um, political satire happening here in this movie. We can't trust the military is what this movie is saying. Yeah. The guy in the helicopter is told to drop the bomb. He does so, and we see a CG guy with a mustache, and he's riding the bomb. And I guess that's also a reference to the famous scene from Doctor Strange Love, though. That was me face palming. The bomb uh, lands. <clears throat> the bulk walks right into it. It explodes. It looks fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah. We see that Hannah is in the control room with her father. Uh, he goes, Cupcake, what's wrong? How did you get in here? She asks if something happened to Hank. I guess she put two and two together on that whole nuclear explosion that she's watching. Uh, basically, her father says that he knew what he was risking when he volunteered for the mission. Uh, he stopped Can't Love, but he got himself killed in the process. She screams no over and over. Mo, she is shattered by the death of her one true love. Shadoobie. Later in Darwin's mansion, Hannah wakes up from a dream, and Hank is there. She goes, Hank, you're alive. They kiss. And then he pops the question, Mo. Hannah, will you marry me? Yes. Oh, God, yes. Of course I'll marry you. Oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say the actress who plays Hannah is the only capable actor in this entire movie. That's saying something. It is. Look, it's not saying much, Mo. I understand that. But, like, she, <laughs> she's the only person who delivers her lines and doesn't seem like they have some sort of mental disorder. 
<laughs> True. So he gives her the ring and they kiss. And then she tells her, he tells her that she can't tell her father about it because her father tried to kill him. And she can't accept that. And he goes, it's the truth whether you believe me or not. General Darwin comes in, Mo. He says, I'm going to kill you once and for all. And then what happens? So they tussle. As one does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they end up both falling off of a balcony. Um, and then my notes simply state, Jesus Christ, they both died. LOL. They just, they, they fight and they fall off a balcony and they die. <laughs> yeah. The end. Uh, well, oh, not quite not the, the end. It's no. not the end, but. The end of them. So, uh, so yeah. So then, uh, so then we get a nice shot of Hannah visiting the graves, and it's uh, it's honestly it's a very sweet moment. Yeah, she's you know, upset. like honestly, it's it's the closest thing to a real moment this movie actually has, <laughs> and then it's completely fucking ruined, completely ruined because fucking Ray, the cop, if you remember him from before, uh-huh. you know, the one who the one who barely knows how to talk, he shows up, and boy, does he have shit to say to Hank's grave. Let's hear it. Let's let's give this a listen. I hope you're in hell. Sitting on Satan's pitchfork. You unholy jerk. <laughs> so then <laughs> this moment legit made me laugh. So Ray, and I was so I was so happy this was the end of the fucking movie. Go ahead. Go Ray ahead. Ray is drunk, obviously, as you can. He's tell. drunk. Yeah, we should mention. And that. then he offers a flask to the gravestone, and he goes, "What? You don't like liquor? Well, drink this." And he starts to piss on Hank's grave. <laughs> the ground starts to shake, Mo. We see two fists come out and hit Ray's head. And that's the end of the fucking movie. Oh my god! Closing credits, all in Comic Sans. <laughs> I ain't fucking kidding you, man. Like they, the, the it's seventy six minutes. That is its greatest attribute. Yeah, right. If it was any longer, it it would be brutal. I mean, it was still pretty brutal at 76 minutes, but, you know, when the credits started rolling, I think I put, uh, well, let's count them. One, two, three, four, five, seven exclamation points (laughs) after the word credits because I was that fucking excited. So this movie is fucking bad. The credits uh, have a lot of, um, the credits credit all the stock footage locations uh, that that a lot of the backgrounds came from in this movie, which is kind of funny. There's just this huge, long list of them. There's also one other amusing thing in the closing credits, Mo. You know I don't know what it is, so you might as well just tell the people. No CGI animals were harmed in the making of this film. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) Fucking me. Kidding me. Mo, that was from the year 2012, The Amazing Bulk, directed by Louis Schoenbrunn. Uh, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, this film was made uh, in five to six days and spent over a year in the editing room. Wow. It is, and I don't want to uh, put a fine point on it, a very poor film. 
It is a hard watch. I have to be honest. When I watched it uh, the first time, I watched it twice. When I watched it the first time, I had some fun with it because every once in a while you'll get this really goofy, silly scene, right? Right. But it's it's both trying way too hard and also not trying nearly hard enough simultaneously, and it becomes right. so tiresome. This is something like this would be kind of like a fun like five minute short where someone did this kind of stupid thing with all the stock footage, right? But as soon right. as it gets to the end and you get like when they're just throwing stuff at it, it's like, look how funny and quirky we're being putting in a flying dog and a cowboy and all this shit. But it's just like, but that's the th- but that's the thing. Like, like, OK, maybe to the uninitiated, you know, they would see this and be like, yeah, that's kind of funny. Like they're throwing all this shit at the wall and, you know, but like that's not the listeners of this show. No, I don't believe they're, they're a discerning crowd. I mean, we do have discerning and listeners. It's what we're known for. It's what we're known for. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners who enjoy watching absolute garbage for entertainment. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Our listeners who happily watch shit way worse than the stuff we watch for fun. Um, like, I think they they would watch this and they'd be like, this is clearly, clearly just a fucking attempt to hit that 75 fucking minute mark cuz that's absolutely what it is. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's not them trying to be funny and clever and cute. They got to the end of the fucking movie real and and you can tell this is exactly what happened because it doesn't start until the 60 fucking minute mark, you know, or the 55 minute mark where they get to the end of the fucking movie realize they've run out of shit <laughs> and like, well what can we do? I get it. We'll have him run Hanna-Barbera style, you know, through a bunch of fucking zany scenarios, you know, and we'll just find stock footage shit to throw up behind him. And it's like, it's infuriating. The most irritating thing about the whole process that you were just talking about was that this, so this is a mockbuster made as cheaply and poorly as they possibly could have done it. Right. 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 And congratulations to them. They succeeded in that front. And it worked. This movie had a fairly wide release. You can find this on DVD just about anywhere. Uh, and the DVD cover is professional enough looking that I guarantee you that this movie made its money back. And then some like, this is a movie that because lots of people know about this, not just because it's terrible, but because tons of people got suckered into watching what they thought would be a silly superhero movie when it's really like, it's almost like an experimental film made by people who simultaneously don't know what an experimental film is. I mean, it's an experimental film in the sense that they're trying all of these new techniques in the attempt to spend as little money as possible. Right. And like I said, to that end, it was a success. It's successful garbage. The amazing it's, bulk. But that's what it is. Exactly. <laughs> that's the perfect, that is the perfect terminology. This is successful garbage. With an emphasis on the garbage. Uh, Mo, I'm not a big fan. Big emphasis. No, I didn't, I didn't, no, not at all. I'll, I'll never watch this again. Never. <laughs> And uh, I ha- I guess I have to take some responsibility for this because <laughs> I did choose the amazing bulk for us to watch. No, and that's fine, and that that's that's totally fine. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold this over your head, you know. Um, I'm just you know just it's it is what it is, you know. Like we don't like they're not all winners. We know that it, we 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 knew that coming in. We knew that from literally episode one. You know what they say sometimes when it comes to a famous actor, Mo. That sometimes they'll do 
a movie that's like a big blockbuster, and then they'll follow it up with a small independent work that they are more personally involved in, and they say that it's one right. for them and then one for me. Well, I feel like mm-hmm. this is this is our one for them. So thankfully, Mo, we can have one for us. So what are we going to watch on the next episode of No Budget Nightmare? Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the next one is absolutely one for them. Um, I should, ne- so I should we- mention, Mo, over on the Facebook group, I, I put out the fact that we hadn't chosen our next movie yet, and we got some great suggestions about what we should cover next. And one of those suggestions was that we should return to our origins and uh, go back and watch the, Gorno again <laughs> and watch something from the bloody nightmares box set, which is where we uh, uh, first started watching ultra low right. budget movies. Uh, right. So uh, Mo and I had a little conversation about it and Mo has chosen something for us to watch. Mo, tell me more. Tell me more. Okay. So preface, ah. you know, <laughs> a little, a little before, you know, um, when we pick these movies, honestly, we only the only thing we really have to go on is a title because there's no box art, there's no descript description. I guess we could do research like on it. We we could do research. We don't. We don't. Uh, well, well, I specifically don't. So I I grabbed I gravitated towards this title because I loved the I like I get a huge kick whenever it's something like somebody's something, you know. Um, so I noticed a film called Jim, what's his name? Jim Haggerty. Something? Jim Haggerty's The Slasher. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that title just kind of made me laugh. Because first off, it's fucking generic yep. as fuck. You know, The Slasher. Really? And it's Jim Haggerty's The Slasher. So that's what we're going to cover next. Jim Haggerty's The Slasher. And the amusing thing about that, Mo, is right after we were just about, or I should say just as we were about to record this episode, I uh, reminded you that we had actually covered a Jim Haggerty film on this program before. You might remember, ladies and gentlemen, the film I Dream of Dracula. which Because I don't. Which was Jim Haggerty's second film uh, because the slasher is the movie he made before that, before he had gotten those uh, limitations out of his system and made something so <laughs> professional and good. So we're watching Jim Haggerty's uh, first film, The Slasher, from the year 2000, the year of our Lord, the the year that punk broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, The Slasher, Mo. I actually think that there's a special edition of The Slasher, a 10th anniversary special edition. Maybe we'll track that down. But uh, for, for all intents and purposes, all you folks need to know, Jim Haggerty's The Slasher coming soon to No Budget Nightmares. Mo, where can people find out more about this dumb fucking podcast that we've been doing for years and years <laughs> for for uh, god damn pushing a fucking decade uh-huh. man, we're getting there uh, <laughs> 10 episodes <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> look you look look 10 episodes from now it'll have been 10 years uh <laughs> <laughs> They can pop right over onto Facebook if they want. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares. Join us. Join the conversation. It's a great group, honestly. Uh, a lot of passionate folks who watch shit way worse than the shit that we actually watch. Um, and it's a good time. It's a good time. A good time is had by all. You can also, uh, if you want to check out older episodes of No Budget Nightmares, go over to No Budget Podcast. 
dot com, uh, or you can also go yeah. and find our latest episodes over at thatshelf.com. Uh, you can mm-hmm. also uh, follow us on Twitter at No Budget Podcast, all one word. Speaking of Twitter, you can also follow follow Mo on Twitter. He is at I Drunk guess. on VHS. He's on it all the time, posting constantly about all the great and wonderful woolly things he's up to. Uh, and, Literally never post on there. And yeah. you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at there. I'm at there. Mm. <laughs> I'm on there at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T I L L E Y. Mo. Yeah. Mo. Oh, and we forgot to mention. I mean, I know I mentioned it earlier, but of course, of course. A horse. Join our join our Discord because we do special things in there you know we 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 you know we don't talk on there a whole lot honestly just more we, we generally tend to talk on there a lot like when we're about to do an event but we do events in yeah. there we do we do movie you know watch alongs and 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 me and doug will talk and more often than not i'll usually just zone out because i'm too busy watching the fucking movie but if you, you want know, the dirt not- if you want the dirt behind no budget nightmares you need to get yourself on the discord uh pretty soon we're going to probably be doing a patreon subscriber specific uh, yeah. a live stream for people to enjoy uh, and I should mention of course that you can help support the show help support our hosting help support everything over on Patreon links over at nobudgetpodcast.com and also on our posts on uh, that shelf and elsewhere you can certainly find that out there Mo, you know what I mm. you know what I love about the discord thing like the stuff we do over there what's that is so you know I, I know it doesn't seem that this show is particularly professional, but we actually do kind of keep a decent lid on it, you know, <laughs> like when, when, when we're doing this show. But when we do the watch-alongs over there, that's raw. That's yeah. just us talking, you know. D- I mean, Doug has to put his fucking podcast voice on because he, <laughs> he can't talk in public without it. But it's just, it's, it's just us kind of fucking chatting and, like, and you can actually talk back to us. Yeah. You know, you, we'll talk about the movie. You can ask us questions. You know, it's, it's, it's so much fun, honestly. Bring your sass mouth. We're okay with it. Uh, it yeah. yeah. Look, it, Fuck yeah. I also want to put it out there that if you feel intimidated with the idea of talking live to us, that's fine. You don't have you to. You don't have yeah, to. You we, can just listen. You can type into the chat. We don't yep. hold anyone. Uh, uh, we don't expect anybody is necessarily going to talk to us. And also, when Mo and I are together in the room, believe me, we can fill up the space. There's no problem there. We just, we'll, just, <laughs> we'll just talk about bullshit until you stop us yeah. from talking about it. Yeah. Mo, what have you watched recently that wasn't The Amazing Bulk? Um, actually, I just watched a really decent movie. Well, I watched what? two movies to, today. How dare you? Not. I know. Um, I well, I watched one that was a bit a bit schlocky. Uh, I, I woke up this morning way too fucking early because I got the next three days <laughs> off. So, right? like, you know, so, of course, what do you do on your first day off? You wake up at 530 in the morning. And... Um, and I popped on this movie called Rim of the World. Hmm, I've heard about this. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a new film. It's on Netflix uh, about an alien invasion and these kids who are going on an adventure to get this key that's super important, you know, to these space military people. Whatever. It's it, it's honestly not great, you know. But <laughs> but but here's here's the thing. Like <laughs> the CG is like. I mean, it's it's a it's better than the fucking amazing bulk, but that's not saying much. The it you is, <laughs> yeah, it it is mediocre at, to say the least. Fucking mediocre. Um, but the story is fun enough, and honestly, like, here's the thing: I think it's the kind of movie that might 
be a good gateway for children to get into sci-fi and horror and, and action, you know, adventures type movies, you know, because they're, because it's very relatable and, and it's also very fucking predictable. <laughs> so like, so like, you know, it, like I imagine kids would have a lot of fun with it. I thought it was okay at best, but um, then I went and had lunch with my lady and she popped on this movie called the fundamentals of caring. Okay. Uh, it's a Paul Rudd film about him becoming a, like a caregiver, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, and they end up going on a road trip. And uh, like, honestly, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than I expected to, because it's not really my bag. It's sure. not the sort of stuff I generally watch, but I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. Well, Mo. So that's, that's, that's my big thing. And then Friday, but here's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Friday, I'm going to see fucking Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Have you not seen John Wick uh, Chapter 3 yet? I have not seen John Wick because Godzilla is more important. I mean, I can understand enough money that. to go see one. Yeah. Well, Mo, let me tell you the last six movies I've watched. Please tell me about all of them in great detail. <laughs> I'm just going to tell it very quickly. It's The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, The Man Who Wasn't There, I need to wa- Burn After I really Reading, need to watch. The Hudsucker yeah. Proxy, Oh Brother yeah. Where Art Thou, Barton wow. Fink, Miller's Crossing, Jesus. Blood Simple. Mo, I'm doing a... Yeah, clearly you're doing a Coen Brothers thing. <laughs> I'm doing a, over on the podcast called The Podcast Under the Stairs, I'm doing a Coen Brothers retrospective where we're going to spend probably like four hours talking about every Coen Brothers movie. Uh, so I'm re-familiarizing myself with most, and for the first time familiarizing myself with a couple, including The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I loved. Right. I loved. I really, really liked it. I really need to watch that. It, the problem is because it's too it's too easy you know, like it's too easy for me to see because it's right there on Netflix. I don't have to fucking rush for it. I don't have to worry about it going anywhere. I can just go to Netflix and watch it. I know. And that's what's that's what sucks because I, I don't have to fucking fight for it. I don't have to hunt for it. So it's so I just haven't watched it yet, but I do plan. to. I need a little pressure to push me to. do Yeah, these things. absolutely. I 100 yeah, percent agree. Absolutely. It's one of the things I like about the Criterion channels that some of the movies that they have on there, they're on there for a limited time. It'll say like the end of March. This is going this the end of May. This is gone. So, you know, it, make, it puts a little fire under you to, to get these certain things watched. Sure, sure. Um, so, yeah. So uh, keep an eye out for that uh, at the podcast under the stairs. And I'm what, what else hadn't you seen? Uh, or was that it? So I had uh, I had not seen The Man Who Wasn't There since it came out. And my memory okay. was that I didn't enjoy it very much. And then I watched it this time. I'm like, nope, that's great, too. <laughs> but Good. I have never seen The Lady Killers. And I'm probably going to watch that right after we finish recording here tonight you said you, you said you'd never seen the lady killers yeah the lady killers the the with tom tom hanks with tom hanks which is dude generally you're gonna fucking you're gonna love it maybe i mean it's generally renowned renowned as the worst coen brothers movie but. oh it is without a doubt the worst coen coen brothers movie but the worst coen brothers movie is still better than most of the I mean, shit out there like honestly i fucking loved it i thought it was great i don't disagree i mean it's i'm yeah. What I'm really learning, and of course, I, I I guess I already knew it, but watching them back to back, it becomes clearer and clearer, is that, like, they're always good. Like, th- yeah. they're the most consistent filmmakers that maybe America's ever produced. It's really yeah. crazy. And it's the really crazy thing is, and, and I didn't mention it there, I watched Raising Arizona recently again as well. Oh, it's like, they started with Blood Simple and Raising Arizona, like, two yeah. incredible movies back to back. I would call Raising Arizona one of the greatest movies of the 80s, like, a really amazing movie. And, Without a doubt. And that's yeah. where they started. 
and yeah. right and then that doesn't even count like your Fargo and No Country for Old Men and uh, right. and Miller's Crossing which I think is my favorite of the whole bunch I mean just mm. amazing movie after amazing movie and still making great movies I uh, I don't know I, I guess I stand <laughs> the Coen Brothers wow <laughs> Jesus Christ I thought we I thought we shied away from that sort of pop culture timely references this is what we're all <laughs> about here on the yeah. No Budget Neighbors podcast um, yeah, no, I'm with you on that one, man. I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh and like, I mean, and and I'll defend any choice that they've that they've made that people may have disliked, especially like shit like the ending for like old country for an old old yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people really had an issue with that. I thought it was fucking genius. You know, like I love the fact that they build up to this big fucking high tension moment and then they said, Fuck you. And I, I'm like, Oh, that's so good. I uh you know. I'm, or like the entirety of like a serious man, like it's this, that's the same idea. Like there's all this stuff going on, and you know, and like it's it, like the ending's a big fuck you moment. And I love when filmmakers do shit. I mean, like the that. ending of Burn After Reading is totally that. It basically just exactly. they just tell you what happened, and just yeah. people just baffled. It's like, what did it mean? And it's just like, no, nope, it didn't mean anything. <laughs> bye no, bye. Fuck you. Yeah, it didn't mean shit. <laughs> fuck off. I love that shit. Yeah, and they're very good at it. Life has no meaning podcasts have no meaning Mo, we have no meaning so i think it's yeah. time for us to say uh uh adieu adieu <laughs> <laughs> that's really creepy that we both went for the same fucking foreign word beloved listeners I'm... we shall return soon with the no budget nightmares podcast you love it you can't get enough of it <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be giving it to you we'll be giving doug the... stop sucking your own dick <laughs> we'll be giving you the slasher from the year 2000 in the very near future yes uh say good night good night folks i hate dust i don't want it building up in my home <laughs>